Let's get your Bibles. Turn to Jeremiah. We've got 30 minutes and we're going to go strong. Because I have something to say. Yeah, give me the, please, uh, can you give me the do-do-do-do? Just go to the next slide, Dan, straight away. That's it, Jeremiah chapter. Can you see that? Yep. And the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Thank you. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see? Excuse me. I see a branch of an almond tree, I replied. And the Lord says, you've seen correctly. For I've been watching to see my word is fulfilled. I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. I'm watching to see if my word is fulfilled. The word that, is, that the words that are, were spoken last week, the words that are spoken today, every time you hear God's word, God's watching to see if the word that is spoken will be fulfilled in you. You see this? This was a young boy. This was not a graduate. This was a young man. And God says, whether you're young or old, the moment I put my word in your mouth, I'm watching. There's a responsibility to see what you will produce with what I give you. Which is quite daunting. I said to you last week that God, when God speaks to us, God is not obligated to keep on speaking again in that area. Once God speaks to you, God is not obligated to keep speaking to you in that area. But you are obligated to listen to what God says and do something with what he says. There's times in the Bible when God spoke and then he said nothing for 13 years. Abraham was one of them. 13 years, God spoke, Abraham did something and God didn't speak to him for 13 years. Now 13 years is a long time. In the Bible we have a thing called the silent years. That doesn't mean to say God wasn't speaking. That means to say that people wasn't recording and writing and doing things. But God was speaking. But God wasn't speaking to everybody. God is always speaking to somebody. And he speaks to those who he knows will do something with, with what he's given them. Every week we come in here, every week we take notes, every week we look at slides, every week we sing songs, every week, every week there's an element of predictability about what we do. Without us being traditional, there's always going to be an element of predictability. We're not predictable, but there are, we, there are some predictable things we do. That makes sense? And with all that we receive, what do we do? Because what we do will de then determine what we produce. And when you look at what your life produces, it's normally a reflection of what you have or you haven't done 
with what you've received. It is. You can't blame other people. You can only start with yourself. What did I do? Did I plant the seed? Did I water the seed? Did I listen? Did I go to school? Did I, did I, did I, did I, did I, did I do all the things that I should have done? So when God spoke to us in January about pushing in, pressing in, pursuing God, God has, God has not spoken anything else to us. God, has, that's the theme he said, tell my people, 2018, to press in, to push on, to pursue me until the testimony of God is established through everything they do. God didn't a month later turn around and say, I now want you to speak about, I don't know, love. God says, stick with that, Tony. So I've not been saying to God, God, what are you saying? I just asked God to show me new light, new angles, because I'm going to keep saying this and I'm going to keep finding every way possible to say what I'm saying until it's been said, until the fruit is on the tree. Yes? So I make no, no uh, apologies. So when you see the slide coming up saying the word for 218 and we're now in March, coming to April, and he's still preaching four months or three months and we're still on the same thing. Why? Because that's what God said. For me to deviate away from that is not good fellowship. But I don't keep saying the same thing. I find different ways to cut through, to impart, because that's where the creativity and the gift and the grace comes upon a man's life, to find different ways. You as a parent will keep finding different ways to speak to your children, but it's the same thing. Stop being a dipstick. So when you see your children being silly... You have to find creative ways to come round, above, under, to keep reinforcing the same point. It's no different with me or with the elders. So, when God spoke to us, whether you were here that first week or you've missed three weeks and picked us up on the fifth week and then missed another two weeks and then picked us up on three weeks later... You heard the first day. You heard three weeks later. You heard two weeks later after that. The moment you heard, the first moment you heard, you became responsible. Doesn't matter how many times you've been here and are not here, you're now guilty by association. You were here. You heard the sound of God's voice. You heard my voice and heard God's voice through my voice. And the very fact that you're here now makes you culpable. True? Because we all heard the word together. We all rose with one voice saying, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe you're speaking to me. No, he's not speaking to you. He's speaking to us. Don't, just li- don't put it down just to you. He's speaking to us. And in the us, there is room for me and we and them. True? So... But then the moment God speaks something to us, we are then responsible to work it out and walk it out. Yeah? How many of you know when God speaks, God does not put his word between your ears? You're hearing me speak now, so you're using your ears to hear me. 
But God's word does not go between your ears. You've got to go into your heart. When God speaks, here's the difference between me speaking, there's me who speaks, and there's God who speaks through me. Now, only you can determine which is which. Because right now, I'm just caught up saying what's coming in, in, my, in my spirit. And some of the things I've written down. So as I'm speaking it, sometimes I never plan out to say it. I just say it. And, <coughs> excuse me, one thing I say, two things you hear. So the word, that there is spirit and flesh going together. But the word and the flesh are coming one in me. But as they leave my mouth, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. You have to determine which is which. So when God speaks to you... Right? <coughs> His word should go in your heart. But when Tony speaks, it just goes between your ears. Does that make sense? So, there's times when Tony's speaking, and that's okay because Tony's always speaking because I'm the servant. But you've got to catch the God coming through, Tony. It's just like when I hear you speak. God has no other option than to speak and you speak through us. This is the way he's, this is the way he's designed it. And... He knows that this flesh and blood, he's using flesh and blood. That's why it's up to the speaker. You know, how many of you know um, light is faster than sound? And how many of you know people seem a lot, appear very bright until they open their mouth? And when they open their mouth, you realise they're not so bright after all. There's a lot of preachers like that. But this guy, there's some light and there's some sound in there. And when I speak, hopefully, you hear God. I don't want to appear bright and look dumb. So out of your heart, you recite God's word. Out of your heart, you sing your song through your valley. Out of your heart, you make melody unto God. Because that's the word that God's putting in your spirit to then send back to heaven. You understand that? So the same God who speaks... To you today is the same God watching. Right now, God's watching for every word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. God is watching. Now, the fellowship, the church that can take God at his word is the church that God can work with. God forbid that all you ever become is a hearer. A hearer only is no good to God. A doer is what God wants. And we would agree with that. So he watches to see if his word will be fulfilled through you. Now, very often you and I sit here in church and we see, we wait to see whose God will ma- God's word will manifest through. You shouldn't look beyond yourself. You should look to you first. You're the first person that you should look to. God, when was the last time your word manifested through me? If you can't even ask that question, then there's an element of immaturity behind your walk. I must always make everything responsible with me. I may not be responsible for everything, but if at least ever use me first, that's a good place to start. So he watches to see if his word will be fulfilled through you. He watches to see if his word will fulfilled. Why? Because through him watches, watching, he can see 
whether you are the material. Now, if I've got something very precious to give to Carol, would I not be wise first to make sure that she's capable of receiving what I'm about to give to her? So when Scott started his relationship with Samantha, interesting thing is, when they first got together, I looked at a picture of all the class, and I said to Carol, she'll be the one. And I looked, and two years before that, I was in Malaysia, and God woke me up in the middle of the night and said, I want you to start praying for a wife for your son. And I thought, strange. Middle of the night, you're asking me to pray for a woman. What's wrong? Can't he choose his own? (laughs) What's wrong with him? And I started to pray. I started to pray. And then when he went to Australia, that was never in his mind to get a girlfriend. And when I saw the photograph, I said to Carol, that's the one. And lo and behold, she was the one. And I I look at this and I think to myself, he has now got to the point where he's now ready to entrust his heart and her heart is going to be entrusted to him. You've just heard, she was very open with what she said. She was very open with you about father issues. Right? And that really held her back. So she's at this interesting when she says, I see God through Scott. So God's, so Scott's got a tough order. Not only is he trying to win her heart, but he's also, she, God's, got to, God's got, got to be open for God to work through him so he can show Sam. So the thing is, is Scott's ready to deposit all he is into Sam's heart. And Sam's ready to deposit who she is and what she is into her heart. So their words are meaningful. So when you say, God, I really love you, Lord. Give me this, Lord. Answer my prayers. God doesn't hold back a lot of that stuff. But he knows you'll be irresponsible with some of that stuff. But he still doesn't stop him from giving us some stuff. Other stuff we may not be able to walk into. Because he's a father. He'll still love us and look after us. But he, he watches to see if his word has value in your life. Now, let me just say this. And this is the journey I'm on. So it's my journey. And this is the journey I would love you all to be on. But this is my journey. Most Christians are caught up with getting God to answer their prayers. And getting, them intervened, getting God to intervene in their life and circumstances. Is that not true? Most of our prayers are all, but God, can you talk to me, family? Can you do this in my job? Can you do this in our finance? Can you do this in Johnny's life? And it's all about our immediate circle. Just, just think for one second when God says, for the next six months, you're not allowed to pray for yourself. You're only allowed to pray for what's in my heart. Can you imagine what significant that would be? What a difference that would be if we made that deal with God and and God says, you can't, I'll I'll look after you, don't worry. But I don't want your mind to be caught up with me having to attend everything that you're involved in. For six months, wouldn't it be great if you could just put your heart and your ears to heaven and say, why don't you pray what's in my heart rather than what, get me to do what's in yours. Lord, turn my heart to your heart. Turn my thoughts to your thoughts so my ways become your ways rather than me always trying to get you to come into my vineyard and attend to my vineyard. 
God says, no, no, no. The harvest field is beyond you. There's a vineyard in you, but there's a harvest field beyond you. Right? And don't get, don't get the two mixed up. There's a vineyard and there's a harvest field. And when you take care of what God's in God's heart, God looks after what's in your heart. Very, very little of my prayer is ever about me. I pray more about you than I ever pray about me. And you see me in need. So maybe, just maybe, I might not be a bad model. Do I have needs? Do you have needs? Do I have a family? Do I have some of my, my children who's not walking with the Lord? So I'm the same as yours. Right. Do I look happy? Right then. So it's possible not to be so focused on me and still be happy. Yes? It's possible. When you're so focused on your vineyard, I'm not talking about neglecting your vineyard, by the way. I'm talking about being too focused on it. Hear that? It's very clear what I've just said then. I didn't say not be focused. Because you must focus, but I didn't say be absorbed by it. Yeah? God watches to see if you'll throw his word away in the trash bin. This morning, people lined up. By the time you go into the cafe, or by the time you go home and and you do what you're going to do, what's left of this day? What's left of this day? Will it be thrown in the bin? Was it, would it be disregarded? Will it be forgotten? Will it be held? Will it be secured? Will it be watered? Will it be maintained this week? Or will it just be discarded and say, don't worry, I'll, I'll be at church next Sunday and God will speak again. Because some of us are so trained now just to listen. But we're not trained to hear. And what I really want to share this morning is the value. I haven't got time to do it, but I'll put, certainly put the, the desktop on your, on your system this, this morning. God's more interested about how we hear. Not just what's said, what, how we hear. Because you can never fulfill the purposes of God and you can never establish the testimony of God through all you do, all you do if you can't hear. Now, I know you hear, but can you hear? He watches to see, God watches to see if your prayer matches what has been said. God watches to see if your prayer matches what he said, or do you interpret everything that's said with you? That's where maturity and immaturity comes in. If there's one thing that God says, but two things I hear, and I've got to be able to separate the two things that I'm hearing. I can say goosey goose again, and you just heard God confirm something to you. And that's how God speaks. When we got the name of the Dream Center, I'm sat in where Mary, the church Mary used to go to. And I'm at an Assemblies of God meeting. And I can't remember what the guy was speaking, but for, just for a couple of seconds, I, t- I, I zoned out, like you do with me. I zoned out and I started to just go into this world called Tony World. And we all got capable of going into La La Land. But it wasn't La La Land. I actually started drifting in my thoughts. And as I began to drift, 
I heard the Lord from what was coming out of this man's mouth. I had nothing, I, I can't remember what he was talking about at that moment. But what I heard coming out of his mouth was God say the word dream center. And it was like an arrow fired across the room. And I saw it coming. And if you look at our website, you'll see a great big arrow on our website. And it unfolds. Is that right, Phil? It's on the website. but Some of you may not have seen it. And it's, it's a real, I can use this word, it's a real sexy arrow. Right? And it uncouples and it's animated and it fires out and it goes boom and you see an explosion. And it's fantastic. And that's my experience when the arrow hit me, it exploded and I heard the word so clear inside my heart saying, call the church, the dream center. What, what's that got to do with what I've just, I've just been hearing? Absolutely nothing. But, but if he hadn't have opened his mouth, that arrow could not have come and made its impact on my life. So I was able to set the God part out of it. And you know, just that one word, call the church dream center, it was settled in me. I never had to debate about it and thinking, well, dream center, center dream, dream center of dreams. I knew it was dream center. I come back to these guys at the time and I said, I feel this is it. No, I knew if God spoke to me, let him speak to them. No, I knew being in graphics and media, if it gets past him, it's good. It must be God. First thing he's thinking is, how can that be my... He's thinking graphic straight away. I'm just thinking, I don't know what you've got to do, Phil. We're just calling it the Dream Center. But because we're a leadership, I've got to let God confirm it in them. But to me, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. Why? Just one conversation with God, and I knew what he wanted. Because the way that arrow hit me, it wasn't... Tony, this is not debatable. I'm not suggesting you call it. I'm telling you. So I heard God, and I straight away the issue was solved. I said, well, you've got to tell these guys. So then when we tell you as a church, the dream center. And that's all you heard, then he's, the dream center. Some people at that point think, our pastor has lost the plot. Because he didn't have the word Christian in it. Didn't have the word church in it. So it's like, Lord, sort your people out. I know I've heard on this, but God says, but you're also going to have to be humble and walk him through it. So then we had the scripture given to us from Daniel that you've made known to us the dream of the king. Ah, now we've got a scripture. Now people can now start, mm, okay, we've got a scripture now. It's Bible, you're safe. But all that has to do with hearing and how well you can hear. So let me read another scripture before we're going to pack up. And I'll use this as the scripture to come at us, uh, to speak to us next week. Is that all right? It's going to happen. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Amos, there he is. I'm so good to you. Amos, the days are coming. Everybody say, the days are coming. Declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the word of... Didn't say word, he said the words. The words of the Lord. Did he say words in your Bible? That's the question. Yes, he said words. 
I was just thinking, that did I put an S on it then? Of hearing the words of the Lord. So there's more than one time God speaks. Men will stagger from Ashton, from Hyde, from Tameside, from Little Moss, from Oldham, from Manchester, from Clayton, from Gorton, from the nations, from Zambia, Madagascar, for Phil's sake, Guatemala, Brazil. Men will stagger, women will stagger from sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord. But they will not find it. Now listen. In that day, the lovely young woman and the strong man will faint because of thirst. So what does that tell me? Young people are affected. Young people are affected by this. Now let me say this to you now. There's a big difference between hearing a Christian message from hearing the word of the Lord. Now that registers in your mind and you say, yeah, yeah, it's right. But do you know when it's happening? That's the difference. Because the moment you turn around and say a Christian message, well, it has to be loving. It has to be tender. It has to be encouraging. That's your interpretation, by the way. But the moment it can be the word of the Lord, it can be tough. It can be grow up, shut up, wise up, stand up. It can be all these things. So there is, there is not a problem. There is not a problem. I'll close my Bible. I'll give my pad away. Just so you know, I will finish. Because we will pick this up next week. And I'll say it again next week because I know some of you won't catch it the first time. Nowhere does it say in that scripture the word is not spoken. In that scripture it does not say there'll be shortage of a preacher. Nowhere in that scripture does it suggest there'll be a shortage of a Christian message. What it does say, there will be a shortage of hearing the word of the Lord. It didn't say Christian messages won't be preached. It didn't say there won't be a place for people to go and hear Christian messages. It doesn't say there'll ever be a shortage of a Christian preacher to, to preach a Christian message. What it's referring to is a clear, distinctive, short, sorry, a clear, distinct falling away of people being able to hear what is being spoken. So things keep on being spoken, but the problem is in the hearing. Now, let's stand to our feet, just to show you I'm finishing. Put your hand on your heart, close your eyes if you will, because I'm going to make a statement. We've just seen in Amos that there isn't a shortage of a preacher. 
There isn't a shortage of a place for a preacher to speak. There isn't a shortage of a Christian message to be spoken. There is a distinct problem with the hearing. Do we all agree with that? How do you know you're not living in that time? How do you know right now where you stand, you in your Christianity, you are not in that time? You might think because you're in a church, you're hearing the word of the Lord. To you, all all it might be because of the way your heart is configured, the way your mind and the way your life is configured, to you, all it might be is a nice place with nice worship, with nice Christian messages. But if this word is not enough to change your behavior, then you're not hearing the word of the Lord. So you could actually be one of those people and you could be living in that time when you can't hear the word of the Lord, but you hear a lot of Christian messages. Can you not see this? And, I've got, and I, I can only but ask the Lord, Lord, if I'm in that place, you've got to show me. Be merciful to me so that I don't deceive myself in thinking because I'm in this place. I'm actually hearing the word of the Lord. Because you can go to a whole bunch of churches and hear good preachers and hear good communicators. In fact, communicators, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, communicators are replacing preachers. Because everybody wants a good communicator who uses the word, who borrows the word, but doesn't know how to minister from the word. They have a concept and an idea, and that's all the communication. Then his nice graphics, and all they do is present a nice communication to you. And because he used the word Jesus a few times, and used a few scriptures every now and then, we say that's the word. No, that's called a message. I can speak about most subjects, but it doesn't mean to say I'm speaking the word of the Lord through them. Now, the word of the Lord should come through the message. But the message isn't always in the word of the Lord. If that makes sense. If I'm speaking, the word of the Lord should come out. Of that message. And there lies the problem. Because the word of the Lord is not in the guy or the girl who's speaking the message. They're, so, they're just caught up on being communicators. Good, slick communicators. And that's what this world's looking for. So guess what? God gives over to them the desires of their heart. So you get good communicators. Now listen, every preacher must be a good communicator. But not all communicators are preachers. So the first thing we teach on our communication course is the difference between a communicator, a preacher, and then there's another level, a minister. And I make, no, not just the servant of the Lord. It's much more than that. It's deeper than that. A minister is someone who can take the heartbeat of God and sow it into the people of God. The preacher can get results. But the minister is the one that builds the people. The preacher is the one that reaches the people. The communicator is the one who entertains the people. So when, if, there's a, if there's a crowd here that really want to hear the Lord, hear the word of the Lord, God will provide those people with the minister. Because the minister carries seed, not just words. 
Does this make sense? What this house needs is hearers of the word. Not just listeners of messages. So with that being said, put your hand on your heart. It already is, sorry. Let's just pray. Father, give me a heart to hear. Not just ears. Give me a heart to hear. Give me a heart to respond. Give me a heart to rise up and carry this word. Save me from being a listener of messages. And turn my heart towards receiving the word of the Lord. Let this word plant me. Let this word build me. Let this word perfect me. As you would have it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I really want to communicate that to you this morning, church. We don't just need another preacher. We don't need a communicator. Or we need people who, who can communicate, obviously. Now, not all ministers, all ministers have to start that journey. It's a process. That's why you've seen us this year, sorry, last year, use more and more couples. Now, they're not at that point where they can minister. They are trying their best. It's a process. It's a process. And that's okay. We're, we're happy to start that process. We're joyed, we're, you know, we're delighted to start that. And uh, seeing couples struggle with the word, it's good for them to struggle. Why? Because I've had to struggle to get your word. Your mother's had to struggle to get the dinner for you. Sometimes I've had to struggle to get food for you. And it's, that's the journey every minister has to make. Sometimes he has to work hard in the spirit to get the food to put on the table. But guess what? Come Sunday morning, you'll always have food on the table. You'll always have food on the table. Food, listen, food is not enough. Why? Because you'll consume it today or throw it in the trash bin. What you need is seed. Bread is for consuming. Seed is for sowing. You need both. Not just bread. Bread is self-consuming. Just feed me. I need a church that will feed me. Don't be so selfish. You need seed for sowing. When you sow, you're now going beyond you. Amen. Well, Lord bless you. Have a great day.